Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Sipping Tea with B. I'm your host, Bethany, and tonight I have one of my really good friends co-hosting with me today, Matthew Connolly. Hey Matt, what's going on? Not much, how are you? Good, it's good to hear from you. Likewise, it's been too long. What are you sipping on tonight? So tonight I have one of my new favorites called Looming Illusion from Battery Steel Brewing here in Maine. Ooh, that sounds good. It is Fruited Goes with Vanilla. Very How did you find out about this? Oddly enough, like Northern Maine hasn't really been great for exotic beers or craft brews or anything like that, but... Over the course of the past year, year and a half, I'd say, there's been a couple of uh, stores that have started to kind of grow the business. And I walked into a bike, board, and ski shop up here in northern Maine, and uh, he recommended it to me, and I've been hooked on it ever since. That's amazing. Very. (laughs) Being up in northern Maine, I have to ask, what is it like up there with COVID? Has there been much change? It's almost like it's never happened, but it has in a way. Everybody really at this point, especially now that we just, I think we just surpassed the one year anniversary of COVID. Things kind of stayed the same for the most part for the first eight or so months. And then places really started cracking down on the masks and making sure that you're socially distanced. Businesses and stuff really put a push on it at the initial beginning. And then they sort of got lax three or four months into it. And the people kind of just went about their business, their everyday lives, like nothing happened. It hasn't spread as rapid as it has in other parts of the country. But what we did see is a pretty big influx of out of towners coming in and kind of putting their temporary roots up here. Oddly enough, they love it up here. And I've I've had a few conversations with some people that come into my work and they love it up here. They they decided that even though they were up here temporarily to get away from COVID, they're going to stay because they enjoy it so much. It's kind of like a business as usual. It hasn't really felt like a pandemic. It's just kind of like a, a normal life, which people are abiding by the the rules for the most part. I really can't complain. Yeah, that's great to hear. I know when I go up to Anson, which is a small town in western Maine, they do abide by it for the most part. But there are times where I have gone up to visit my mom and it's like it didn't even happen Yeah, in a way. Like I'll go into the store and the majority isn't wearing masks. And of course, I'm just so accustomed to wearing them because we have to in Massachusetts that it's almost like I have. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> They're looking at me very strangely. <laughs> it's um, it's odd because I feel like the mask is actually just part of my face at this point. Yeah. yeah like it's literally just kind of melded into my beard. I kind of, I don't even notice it at this point. It, it's just really become one with me. And it's kind of weird because it's at the point now, if I'm not wearing it, I feel more weird not wearing it. I feel like something's missing. Right. I know. Whenever I leave the house, I do the pat down of wallet, keys, phone. Face. Okay. And mask. (laughs) (laughs) Sanitizer. (laughs) It's crazy. Exactly a year ago, I think today, would have been the World Health Organization declaring that COVID-19 is a pandemic. That's crazy. A year ago. One whole year ago. And I was thinking about this earlier this week because it was the one year anniversary. 
don't know if I should say this because I don't want to get canceled, but it kind of makes me think of, you remember where you were for 9-11? I remember yes. where I was for the initial COVID pandemic. And it's not to like take away from 9-11 or anything, but it's, I mean, it's, we've lost a lot of lives due to this. And it's, it's just, I don't know, it's kind of weird. It's one of those things that you remember where you were and you kind of remember what happened. Yeah. My colleagues and I were talking about it and someone re-forwarded an email from, I think either, you know, March 10th, March 11th or whatever day it was that the pizza was here. So we had pizza <laughs> And discussed probably working from home. Yep. And then literally the next day, we got the email saying, yes, bring what you want from your office. Going to be working from home at least two weeks. I've been in retail for a long time, so I don't get the opportunity to work from home. But I was working for a farm and ranch store. I just remember going into work at 7 o'clock that morning. And then the boss above me had kind of pulled us all into the office and was like, hey, yeah, so we're in a pandemic we don't know what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. We just have to make sure that we're following all regulations and guidelines. And then it was just kind of like pandemonium from there on out with all the regulations and each state didn't know what to do, how to handle it. So we were basically in hazmat suits for like two weeks and it was Whoa. miserable. If you've never been in a hazmat suit, you get real sweaty real quick. <laughs> it was oh, so I can bad. only imagine. Yeah. We were like gloved up and masked up and like face shields. And basically everybody was in a plastic bubble. We could only allow like three people in the store at a time. I will say that the company did a really good job of handling the entire thing and making sure that all the safety precautions were taken care of accordingly. Mm -hmm. However, it really just kind of put a damper on trying to function on a normal scale for day to day. So let me ask you this. Because you are so much north than obviously most of the country, but <laughs> like ninety-eight percent of the country. <laughs> yeah, since the pandemic and the lockdowns and everything that was going on, did you find prices and shipments of things delayed, inflated? Did you notice anything different? So it's kind of tough because we weren't as affected in some aspects as others. So like. Shipping obviously took a big hit nationally, and it definitely affected us up here. But as far as like pricing and stuff, I didn't really see a change, mm -hmm. especially in the grocery store. I mean, people were buying up bread and milk and toilet paper left and right, which <laughs> is a bummer because, you know, I only eat bread and milk and I only use toilet paper. So I was screwed for like three or four days. But <laughs> <laughs> you were using pine needles. Yeah, I was just one. pine cones, pine needles and uh, socks. I ate a lot of socks. Why is everybody just reaching for bread and milk? Like, why not? I don't know. Why not, like, steak, you had, you had cheeseburgers, you mac and cheese? I mean, you, there's literally so many other things that you could stock up on. Well, I was going to say all the Chef Boyardee items that uh, probably wouldn't go bad if you needed to run into the woods for a zombie yeah. apocalypse. Like Ramen noodle, because that's like the Swiss Army knife of foods. <laughs> yes, exactly. Do you see those videos where you can like repair furniture and stuff with ramen noodles? There'd be like a chunk taken out of a table and then they'll just use ramen noodles to repair it. They, like sand it down and paste it all up. It's ridiculous. Paste it all up? Yeah, it's, it's bad for your body, but good for your furniture, apparently. Oh, yeah. wonderful. So like during the summer, I transitioned jobs into the, the job I'm in currently I work for like a clothing store now, and it's actually benefited us because you can't order things online. So we have the physical goods in store that people need. So 
it was easier for us because we could say, yep, we do have it. Come in and get it. And then towards the fall time, it kind of took a a damper because of there were so many people without jobs or had lost jobs or been downsized or decided to stay home. That production for a lot of these companies couldn't keep up. Supply couldn't keep up with demand. And it kind of put a damper on a lot of things from a retail standpoint. Thankfully, we're able Mm -hmm. to plan ahead and future out a lot of our stuff. But the people that Mm -hmm. are kind of in a need now basis are suffering. So yeah, crazy. Let's move on to gun reform updates. What are your thoughts on everything? I mean, not everything changing, but President Biden has undone a lot of executive orders from the Trump administration and is now as proposed and promised via the what do you call those things debates as as proposed in the debates what are your thoughts let me what are you sipping on that should have been my question to you i actually have a glass of pinot grigio some pinot grigio going phenomenal yes not pinot grigio Grigio. i actually not to get off topic but i have a whole stand of wine behind me that i have no idea what any of it is because i don't drink wine but i'm sure there's a pinot grigio in there somewhere Back to the gun reform thing. I love guns. I love shooting guns. I love showing off guns. I love everything about guns. What I don't love is the people that misuse guns, mistreat guns, and don't understand how to properly own a firearm. And it's those type of people that have to kind of ruin it for everybody. It's unfortunate because the people that do love it, they do want to protect their homes. They want to protect their families are put in such a negative light because they're lumped into the section of people that misbehave, mistreat and use guns for evil things like murder, violence, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. The big thing is, is I'm a firm believer in guns don't kill people. People kill people. It's all about the operation. It's all about the execution and it's all about the know-how. Do I believe there needs to be stricter gun laws? Yes, I do. You really need to filter out mm-hmm. the negatives, the bads, the boneheads, the people that, you know, want to show it off in a negative way and not appreciate and really understand the power and the nature of a firearm. But I, mm-hmm. the problem is, is that everyone is so uneducated on the proper use of a firearm that it's, it's really put a, a thorn in the side of the people that do and respect firearm. And because of that, it's, yeah. it's caused a lot of turmoil in the United States. I think partially due to misinformation about firearms and especially police, because there are bad eggs and there's also really good eggs and the bad always outweighs the good, which is unfortunate. It's kind of like we're in a culture right now that you're guilty until proven innocent, which Mm -hmm. realistically, it's you're innocent until you're proven guilty. I mean, you're not supposed to cast a first stone, but we're out here throwing boulders at everybody every single day. It's unfortunate, right. you know, it's, I don't agree with a lot of it, but I do see the necessity behind it. What are your thoughts? What are you, how, what's your stance on the whole thing? So I am proud of the second amendment. We have it. There's a Not reason like for it. Most countries. Yeah, exactly. And I do believe though, that, you know, the introduction of background checks for all gun sales shouldn't be news to anyone. I mean, I think that should be required. Absolutely. I I agree 100%. And a ban on high capacity magazines. I don't. Why do you need those? I mean, it's kind of a controversial issue. I kind of see both ways in a sense, but 
So like as fun as it is uh, to shoot an AR or a light machine gun or anything like that, just to put it in a layman's terms, it's really fun. It's exhilarating. It's cool. However, do we need it? No, I don't think so. If you're put in a precarious situation, would it be helpful? Yes. If someone broke into my home, I would want to protect my family. But I feel like with a standard nine millimeter or 45 or a smaller pistol or a shotgun or something, you could do what you needed to do to protect your family and protect your life. Because at the end of the day, like it's me or you and I, <laughs> I want to wake up the next day. So like I would do whatever it takes to protect myself and my family. But do yeah. I need an AR to do that? Not necessarily. But I also don't live in an area where crime is very high with multiple break-ins. I've learned in my lifetime that anything can happen at at any given moment. So tonight, somebody could break, Mm -hmm. like 15 people could break into my house. I might only be able to get five shots off before I get attacked. Would an AR change that? Yeah, probably. But the likelihood of it is is slim and you have to look at it from a realistic uh, point of view. So uh, no, I, I don't think we... We need a high capacity magazine with like an AR, so on and so forth. Again, Second Amendment, it's our right as citizens to to be able to protect our own. And it is a controversial thing. It, it's tough to really talk about it because I don't want to say people get butt hurt about it, but people do get butt hurt about it. But it is an important mm-hmm. conversation to have. And we're at a turning point in our lives that we need to make sure that the next generation is properly educated on that type of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, you can agree that we both have been around guns oh, yeah. yep. all our lives. And it's interesting to see people that haven't been around them, how comfortable they are. But I feel like if they were educated on it, maybe more comfortable and be able to present more information into the conversation rather than just completely knocking yeah. it down. Yeah, so that kind of circles back to the uneducated portion of it because they look at mainstream media and they hear, well, guns are bad. So they're like, yeah, guns are very bad. But they don't stop and understand, you know, what the purpose, what the education is like behind it and what the premises of owning a gun or a firearm is like. They, they don't because, I mean, how could they? They're not exposed to that on a daily basis. You can't fault them for not knowing, but you can fault them for not educating themselves on their own instead of just going with the masses. It's kind of like what we're in yeah. as far as the society right now. It's like, well, everyone else is doing it. Let's do it, too. Instead of properly yeah. educating yourself and understanding what it's really, truly all about with, with anything, not necessarily just relating that to, to firearms, just anything in general. Yeah, absolutely. We're probably going to get canceled for... You know what? Fuck it. Bring it on. Cancel me. (laughs) That's a perfect segue to just talk about cancel culture and just everything that's going on right now, because that is just... It's bullshit is what it is. (laughs) I didn't want to say that, but yes, exactly. It's bullshit. bullshit. I mean, not being able to have a conversation without worrying that people are going to come for you, your job's going to be lost. It's yeah, it's insane. It, I feel like I'm going to just go on another ramble here, but we've come to a, a point in our society that we can't even joke or we can't express how we truly feel without someone's feelings getting hurt and us having to feel bad for it. And I don't mean that in like a bullying way, but no one can express their own opinions anymore because it doesn't follow suit with the mandated opinion of everybody. And what I mean by that is I can't feel a, way, a certain way about something without everyone getting butthurt about it and saying, well, no, you can't feel that way. 
well, actually, I can feel whatever fucking way I want to feel, and I will continue to do that because that's my right as a human being, as it is someone else's right to feel passionate about something they do. And it's too bad because it's put everybody in such a stress mode 24-7 because you have to be so PC and you have to cater to everything because people just can't take constructive criticism or a joke or a conversation or a disagreement anymore without it being a national fucking endeavor. I'm not saying, you know, we should hate each other and, you know, be negative all the time, but Bad things happen and bad things will continue to happen. And some people like to make light of it. Some people don't. People are trying to cancel Eminem right now. And I think that is the stupidest thing possible. We're living living in a society of all these young kids that are just going around and banging left and right and posting it online with OnlyFans and all the rappers and the the country artists that are singing about banging and drinking and partying. And you're going to try to cancel Eminem? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, society is such a contradicting thing nowadays. It's so, so frustrating to, like, even try to be a functioning adult because you literally have to walk on eggshells. You really do. Everybody's very... Oh, so sensitive. Once you hit 18, 19, you're an adult. You have to understand that not everything is going to be as easy as the TV shows have played it out to be and everyone's going to like you. That's just not the reality of the situation. And you have to understand it and accept that and move on. You know, I think the hardest part, too, is social media really is helping. It really is. It's so toxic. You get one complaint and everyone jumps on the bandwagon for that. Like, see you later. Like, well, it's done. See ya. Yeah. Like uh, there was uh, that NBA basketball player that dropped the very anti-Semitic slur. Did you hear about that? Having like yesterday. So there's uh, an NBA player that was on a Twitch live stream. He dropped uh, a very anti-Semitic term that I will not repeat on the Internet for everyone to see. That dude's canceled. (gasps) He's been suspended indefinitely by the team. He's apologized. But people are like, no, dude. You can't do that. And I, you know, I kind of just went on a tent about canceling. But, you know, obviously there's no place for hate and bigotry and and stuff like that. But wait a minute. Is this about Myers Leonard? Yeah, he's a white dude center for the Miami Heat. And he was playing a certain video game. He dropped the K word, which to the Jewish community is not acceptable. Well, not just the Jewish community, like everybody. It's not acceptable. Right. So I actually did not know about this, but the only reason why I know who and kind of what's going on is because of... Exactly. So good guy Edelman was like, hey, dude. And here's the perfect example, because Julian Edelman was like, hey, you know what? You shouldn't have said it. Come with me. Let's educate you on the situation and let's not do it again. He wasn't like cut this man's head off and parade it around the streets of downtown Miami. And that's kind of like where the line should be drawn of... yeah. Just about educating it and making sure that, you know, this next younger generation is, you know, doing the right things while still being able to find out who they are. Because in this cancel culture right now, you can't find out who you are. You can't make mistakes in this because you do, you're done. You can't make the mistake, grow from it, learn Mm -hmm. and be accepted from there on out. It's just it's, it's not a society that we can do that in. And that's it's frustrating and it's it's heartbreaking because there are people that bullied people growing up and then realized, wow, I was a dickhead back then. They reach out, they apologize and, you know, they learn and grow from it. And now you can't. Yes, exactly. And this kind of actually 
the next topic I kind of wanted to ask you about was the whole yeah. Britney Spears conservatorship thing. Poor Britney. Yeah. Justin Timberlake issued an apology on Instagram. I don't know if you heard about uh, it. Or read I about heard it. about it, but I didn't read what the apology said verbatim. Yeah. In a nutshell, he specifically wanted to apologize to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson. And he just felt compelled to respond to the influx of threats Probably a few. he was receiving. And that as a man in a privileged position, he felt that he needed to vocalize this. And because of his ignorance back then, he didn't realize, you know, what was happening. And of course, being bubbled up after the series, he's taking accountability for it and trying to educate himself. I think it's great that he's doing that. But I also feel it's a little too... Yeah, I mean, that happened late. how long ago for both of those incidents? Yeah, and... I mean, rather than egging on the DJs on the radio shows of, oh, did you fuck Britney Spears and all this stuff? It's like, come on, man. And and he didn't do that. I will say, though, if I may interject, if we think about the time period back then and how sexualized everything was at that point in time. I guess I don't want to say nobody knew because they did know that it was wrong, but it was just the hype back then. Because I'll be honest, I remember watching that Super Bowl where her booby popped out. And I was like, oh, my God, a booby. That's awesome. But thinking about it now, I'm like, man, that is like he knowingly did that. Like, that's fucked up. Like, you can't do that shit. Like, you have to just understand, like, yeah, you can't do that stuff. And yeah, I mean, it's almost like a too little too late thing. And I always find it funny mm-hmm. that these celebrities are like, let me put out this big apology statement instead of just going to the source and be like, did he did he message Brittany? Did he like hit her up and say, hey, look, I am really, truly sorry. Or did his PR team just like, yeah, we'll put out an I'm sorry. Then we'll just get back to working on a new album. Like that's the fucked up thing about it. I was wondering that. Did he reach out to Janet and Brittany personally did. and just say, hey, man. Yeah. Hey, dude. Hey, man. But look, I, we'll just get out real sorry about it, bro. <laughs> Bro, talk about you on the radio. Superstars. No, he, he, I mean, he should have like just showed up at her door, like, hey, B Spears, I am so sorry for absolutely fucking up a good portion of your life. Cause just think of the emotional toll that takes on a person. Like, I know, like, if I'm at work and someone says something about me, I'm like, whoa, 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 let's talk about it. So imagine being put on the pedestal that she was on Mm -hmm. in that scenario. Like, man, right. Poor girl. Public breakups are tough, but publicly break, yeah. They couldn't, in like 2008, if you just put your status from it's in a relationship to it's complicated, it's out there. Everybody knows. Oh, I just, yeah, right. You get that weird bird like in your belly, like, oh, God. I can't imagine. My my grandma's going to see this on Facebook. Brittany's like, oh, the whole world's going to see this. And this dude's going around on national radio being like, yeah, I did it. I did it again, too. Oops. (laughs) Oops. I did it again. Oops. (laughs) Don't cancel me, guys. Don't cancel me. I'm sorry. We're 1,000% going to get canceled after this. Fuck it. I'm sure. (laughs) Pipe up and subscribe. (laughs) If you'd like to cancel (laughs) Sipping Tea with B, swipe up, smash that like button and like that smash button, subscribe, and let us know in the comments (laughs) how bad you hate us. (laughs) And now we'll pause for an ad break. Thank you. (laughs) There's no ads here. We're not sponsored. Like who exactly. would even who would sponsor us besides like <laughs> Natty Light? Yeah, Post Malone. Yeah, I mean that's one. Post we, Malone. We'll reach out. 
Bud Light, because it's associated with Post Malone, even though I don't like Bud Light. But would Doritos count too? Because he did. I think so. A Doritos commercial. I could get down with Hey, Doritos, you want to pay me? Pay me, baby. Right. We could talk about Doritos Top all episode long. Three favorite Doritos flavors and go. <laughs> I like the original. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I don't know the flavors. Yep. Oh, geez. Okay. Nacho cheese. Of course. I do like Cool Ranch. And I don't know if I have a third, to be honest with you. I just like the top two. Is that basic? No, not really. Because I think there's really like, <laughs> the only time people get Doritos is when they're drunk. Do you remember that time? we? I don't know. Did we get Doritos or Fritos? I can't remember. But we got Doritos or Fritos. It was Doritos. We had the nacho cheese dip. Yeah. And you get, it's funny because it right? you, you get the Doritos nacho cheese and the Fritos cheese dip. <laughs> Oh, it's bomb.com. It's like my favorite when you're drinking and hanging out with your friends. You get to just snack down on those. But they have uh, my favorite is like the sweet chili. That's number one. Cool ranch and then nacho cheese. If I haven't gotten canceled, I'll get canceled. That's super unpopular opinion. Oh, (laughs) I'll be back again next week. Uh, I hope so. Will you though? I don't have much. I don't have much going on in my life. Just kidding. Like one of my personal resolutions was to go into this year with a more positive outlook and to really focus on kind of just doing whatever I want to do. I'm just like done pleasing other people. Yes. I, I don't want to say I, I've been doing it my entire life. Like I don't want to pinpoint any certain certain thing. I realized that going into my 32nd year on this earth, that I've just done too much kissing ass in my lifetime and doing what is expected of me instead of what I want to do. I'm kind of at the point where I'm just doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And it's been great. It's been phenomenal. It's kind of like a palate cleanser in a way, which is super cliche because you hear that like everybody talks about, just got to do what you want, do your own thing. But once you really start doing it, you kind of understand like, oh, okay, this is pretty cool. I can get on board with this. After watching the interview on Sunday with Megan and Harry, you know, he's trying to protect his family from history repeating itself. And that really struck me because what if Charles had done the same for Diana? Would she still be here? Oh, conspiracy theory. Oh, don't even get me started on conspiracy theories. That will have to be a whole separate episode. So we'll have to do, I'll have to come back and we'll have to do like a separate episode on conspiracy theories and ghost stories. But we'll save that for another day. Yes. It's hard to tell with Harry and Meghan Markle. I guess I'm not well enough versed to really speak on it in a way, but it's just, I don't know. Maybe Oprah was just trying to make more money. Oh, my God. She is so rich. But she's earned it. She's a hard worker. Props to you, Oprah. Next guest. She really has. Yep. Shout out, Oprah. We're going to have her on the next episode. And we'll be sharing ghost stories with Oprah while drinking Bud Light and Doritos. Shout out Bud Light. Shout out Doritos. Yes. Shout out Bud Light. Um, shout out Battery Steel Brewing. Sponsor me. Also, AA, please sponsor me. 2020 was hard on us all. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Speaking of hauntings, though, can I just touch upon this really quick? Because yes. I just recently watched this documentary. I can't remember what it was called, but it was about this I did. hotel um, in Los Angeles. Did you watch that? We just watched it, too. It was so wild. Part of me wants to believe, and this is going to be like super conspiracy theorist, the hotel manager, I feel like she killed her. That girl was so weird. Really? Yeah. 
Now, what makes you say that? I mean, I know she the vibe, gave off just the vibe, entire vibe that she was I giving off. Your thoughts. She defended the hotel. And I mean, that was probably, and that's not even her current job. I understand her, her reasoning behind defending it, but like she must have been so desensitized to the violence that was going on at the CISO hotel and the hauntings because we all know there was. There's no way there wasn't. She probably had a lot of negative energy right. up in her body. Yeah, I think that hotel manager was a... Uh, was a murderer. Who else would know how to do it so perfectly? Well, I mean, she did see yeah, about was 80 more? deaths in her tenure there. So, oh. you know, it's crazy. I don't know what this says about me, but literally the first yeah. episode, I was like, she's in the water tank. Yep. And soon enough, <laughs> sure enough, I was like, oh. You had heard okay. about that story prior to watching Terrible. the documentary though, right? I had heard about it. I actually it. had it. So I already knew that she was in the water tank, but I, I wanted no to idea. know how she got to the water tank. And I wanted to know the reasoning behind the crazy video that came out and they chalked it up to mental health issues, which was wild in itself. But just to throw my my hat in the ring, I really think that crazy hotel lady, she did it. Think about it. Sales are down. Bad things that are happening are bad. Blah, 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 blah. Boom. Let's get some publicity into this place so we can get it remodeled and get everything taken care of. I'm sure that money started rolling in. Ooh. She says, who's going to know? Who's going to know? That's true. She knew every inch of that hotel from top to bottom. Nobody's going to know. That's true. And if she didn't do it, I hope it wasn't that maintenance guy because he was like so nice. I, I know. know. Leave the innocent guy alone. Who knows? I mean, maybe she we probably just talked about the hotel the and what too. a great time it was and how profitable it was when she was there and blah, 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 blah. So I tried to look it up and it's obviously closed. But when it opens up, let's do it right a from live Skid Row. Right, <laughs> right from the source. <laughs> Excuse me, I sir. Do. Homeless man. It'll be a great time. And canceled again. <laughs> and canceled. <laughs> We'd get shot. We would. We wouldn't even make it to Skid Row. We would just get shot. <laughs> your your followers are not going to want me back. On this <laughs> almost five hundred followers. Shout out to you, followers. Thank you so much. It was no. This is good. This is controversial. Oh, it's awful. We'll get tons of comments. Good stuff. I'll probably get a lot of hate comments. Well, Matt, this was fun. Thank you so much for coming on and let's do this again soon. I appreciate you giving me a little platform to gripe and bitch and moan. And I hope we can do it again soon. Hey, that's what we're here for. So thank you everyone <laughs> for listening to our episode. Please don't cancel us. Make sure, make sure you give us a follow at sippin T underscore with B. That's S-I-P-P-I-N, the letter T underscore W-I-P-H, the letter so that's sipping tea underscore with B. Uh, I'll plug my YouTube channel as well. You can just look up at MaddieCon24 on any one of those. And uh, you can come either retweet or hate me or send me nasty DMs. I will drop your YouTube link in the awesome. podcast episode description too. Thanks, Matt. Thank you Bye -bye. for listening.